0: Praise God, everybody. I know it's kind of late and uh, tonight, but I've been kind of busy. Tomorrow i got some things i got to do. I won't be able to uh, take the time to do this tomorrow night, so I'm going to go ahead and put the video up tonight. It'll be up here where you can watch it if you're not watching it live right now. Um, you can always catch it tomorrow or whatever. But as you can see, the title tonight is called, Who Am I? And... Um, I got this when I was reading in the book of Psalms the other day. And um, as I was cross-referencing it tonight and, and looking up the scriptures, I found some other passages on it that I wanted to bring out tonight. And uh, with the help of the Lord, I'll bring this out and hopefully to help each and every one of us in and, and our walk with God and in knowing you know who we are in God's eyes and everything. Because a lot of people don't take a whole lot of value on themselves with God. A lot of them have the question, who am I? You know, who am I in God's eyes? Who am I that God is concerned with me? And somebody of, uh, of that we get a lot of our um, stuff from in the Bible, and a lot of help from in studying and reading about him and everything is David. And David had a lot of uh, hard times that he went through. You know, to find out, you know, where he stood with God and everything. And stuff and all the stuff he faced in his life and, and stuff and it's documented in the word of God to help us today but if you look over in the book of second Samuel uh, the verse I'm going to start with tonight is second Samuel chapter 7 I'm going to read verses 18 19 and 20 so verse 18 says then then went King David in and sat before the Lord and he said who am I O Lord?" Or who am I, O Lord God? And what is my house that thou hast brought me hitherto? And this was yet a small thing in thy sight, O Lord God. But thou hast spoken also of thy servant's house for a great while to come. And is this the manner of man, O Lord God? And what can David say more unto thee? For thou, Lord God, knowest thy servant. Let's pray before I get started on this. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, for another opportunity, Lord, to to get on Facebook, Lord, and to teach your word, Lord, and, and God I ask you, Lord, to use me as your oracle, Lord, use me as your vessel. Speak through me, Lord God. Let my words be your words, because I can't do this without you, Lord. And I ask you, Lord Jesus, to use me, Lord, to, to go forth and help somebody. Help, help each and every one of us, Lord, in our walk with you, and help somebody out there, Lord God, to to realize and understand their value in you, Lord Jesus, and and how you think of us, Lord God. And Lord, I thank you for it, and I praise you for it, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. It says, then went King David in and sat and sat before the Lord. So he went into the temple and sat before the Lord and began to talk to God. You know, just like when we get in our prayer calls and we get to praying and talking to God. We get in that one-on-one with the Lord and we get to praying and speaking to Him and waiting for Him to reply back to us and to give us an answer of what we are talking to Him about or whatever the case may be. But either, anyways, David went in and he began to talk to God. And he asked God, he said, Who am I, Lord? That, that You know, who am I? Little old David. Little old me. in my, in my house. You know, you, ch- you came to my house with to your servant Samuel, and, and you know, chose my chose my 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 family more or less to look for who was going to be the king following Saul. You know, I'm, I'm sure that's what David was thinking, and you know, he's thinking, well, "Who am I, little old David, that you are concerned with me and concerned about? You know, um, wanting me to lead your people, wanting me to be king over your people." And you know, I'm sure all these questions that David was sitting here thinking. You know, and asking of the Lord, you know, why, why did you choose me? Why did you choose little old me? It's just like the same with me. I think, why God did, did you choose me? Why did you select me? Who am I that, you know, looking at my past and everything, that you would, that you would choose me to teach your word to people? Who, who am I, Lord, that, that you would think that of me? And I'm sure everybody's got questions that way of who are they, you know, who, who am I in the sight of the Lord? That you know, they would that, and we think you know, you're the God that created everything, you created the whole universe, and yet man fell into sin. And you still, you still work, uh, you still love us enough to where you, you will take us back to you, you know, and give us a way out, give us a way of salvation where we can return back to Him. You know, He, God didn't have to do that, He could have wiped everything out of existence and just started all over again, started with a new slate. He didn't have to make a, sal- a way of salvation, you know. But people think, "Who am I in the eyes of the Lord that He would do that for me?" You know, and that's what David was saying here. He says, "Who am I, and what is my house that Thou hast brought me hitherto, brought me to this point to to place me in the in the role of being the king of, over your people?" You know, and this yet yet this yet this little thing here, this that you're doing in my life. Is such a little thing, is what he was saying to God. It's such a small and minute thing in all of the universe, this little old, making little old David king. But thou hast also spoken to thy servant's house for a great while to come, meaning his future from this day forth. He selected David and chose his house and his generation and his children and his children's children and his children's grandchildren and so on and so forth for generations to come. He selected for you know, David's family and his descendants to be the king over Israel for many years to come. And and is this the manner of man, O Lord God? In other words, is this me? Am I the manner of man that you choose to put in this position or to put in this role? Is it me and my family? You know, this, our manner of man... Because thinking about what David had done and, and all the different things that David had done in his life, and you know, he had a man killed and took his wife and all that, and just many things that, you know, and, and God still chose him, still chose him to be king in his family. You see, he could have turned to somebody else, he could have done away with David, could have put him, had him put to death, and chose somebody else to be the king over Israel. But instead, God still chose to keep David as king over Israel and continue to go through his bloodline. Bringing more kings to come, on up until you know until till Jesus came, and then it says, And what can David say more unto thee?" In other words, what can I say more unto you, God? I mean, you're you're the the God of all creation. What can I say, you know, towards you? So David had had those questions, you know, and he's, he's and um, if you think about that, what he had many questions to God. Many questions he asked him. And it goes on down through here, and he's talking about, you know, for thy, for thy word's sake and all, and and he was had a, you know, a good little talk with God here about all that. But if you look over in Psalms chapter eight, Psalms chapter eight. Now, here's something that we think about, something that we consider, you know, and we lo- we look at, just if you look at all creation, all around you. Like tonight, I looked up in the heavens when I was over um, helping helping Joey. My stepson Joey with his truck, and I looked up in the sky towards the towards the west, and I seen, you know, I could see two planets there. I believe it was Jupiter and Mars that I could see just as plain as day, seeing them shining, you know, out in the heavens there. And I got to looking at that, you know, and I think how awesome God's creation is, how we can, you know, even see things like that, and you know, just we all take that for granted. We look up at the sky and don't even think about the one that created all things you know the one that, that spoke everything into existence and and we don't consider all that but when you think about the vastness and the, the greatness of God and then you consider you know how big he is and how big the universe is and how small and tiny we are in the sight of the lord but yet he's concerned about our every everything that we go through he's concerned about our well-being he's concerned about our health he's concerned about All things that we're concerned about, even the smallest little, tiniest little detail in our life, God is still concerned about it. But you see, we take all that for granted and we look around and we see everything and and we just pass it off as nothing. And pass it off as just being, well, That's just normal, you know, it's something that we, you know, we do every day. We go out and go to work every day, we breathe the air, we eat our food, you know, our body works to, you know, digest the food and everything. And everything just works and we don't even consider how it works or how it was made or how, you know, the very air that we breathe, how it, it takes care of our body and gives our body oxygen and everything and the things that it does for us. See, so we don't take none of that. For, we don't consider that. We just, just walk around, just do our thing through the day and don't think anything of it. You know, but God looks down at us and He's concerned with every detail of our life. You know, if He knows the very hair on our head... Think about the detail that He goes into and looking at us and studying us to where He knows every single hair. He can count every hair, you know, on our head. And to take that much time and that much effort and that much consideration towards us, who are we that He should even think about us? Who are we that He should even give us a time of day? Even look down and even say, you know, want to come down and help us have a good day or want to come down and bless us? You know all those things that God does that we don't even take into consideration and fail to realize, and yet He's concerned with us. And David says here in Psalms chapter eight, and this is the verse that I got to, that I got to read in the other day. This this whole chapter right here, and I got to looking at it, and I, this is where it, you know, where I got this from, and where it, it kind of stood out at me, and I wanted to share it with y'all. In Psalms chapter eight, verse three, and verses three and four. Says, when I consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? Now think about that. When I consider the heavens, when you step back, just like tonight when I looked up and I seen those two planets up there, and you know, and you just when David said, when I set back and consider the heavens, when I just look at everything. Around me, all that you have created, and how magnificent it is the very moon hanging out there, and nothing that that's that you know goes around the earth, revolves around the earth. Considering that, looking at how it just sets out there and it stays exactly where you told it to stay the exact distance from the earth to where it would keep the waters at, at bay and keep the tides that's where they needed to be and the weather patterns and all of that stuff, when he sat back and he considered all of that and looked at it, and the vastness and the beautiful creation of all things, he said in the in the stars, all the stars, the numerous stars out there that shows how far the universe goes out, and how vast and how big it is, and how huge it is, when, when David considered all of that, the very work of God's fingers, just like he said in another passage of Scripture, I'm... I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, meaning, you know, how, even how God made our bodies and how He made them to function and just all things that God had created with His hands and that He formed with His hands, that He spoke into existence and everything and designed everything, how beautiful and magnificent it was. He said, considering all of that and looking at all, all of that, what is man that you are mindful of Him? He said, what is man that thou art mindful of Him? When you look down, when God, looks down at us. Who are we? What is what is man that God is mindful of? Him? We know if you look in back back in the book of Genesis, when God created man, he, he was speaking amongst the angels. He said, Let us create man in our image. In other words, making man with a body, soul, and spirit, creating them in, in their image, giving man the ability to choose, the ability to, to decide what he wants to do, decide for himself, and have his own choice and his own... His own, um, giving him the ability to decide what he wants to do himself, and having a, the ability of choice. And then he would come down after he formed Adam in the in the garden. He placed him in the garden, and he would come down. And he would talk to Adam, and he would commune with Adam. See, God formed man to com- have communion with, to talk to, to be with, and to be around, and come down and and, and talk. Just talk to us. I mean, think about that the God of all creation that created all the heavens and the earth and created all things wanting to come down and talk to us, just to, just to be with us, just to have somebody to, to talk to, somebody that has their own reasoning. See, He created the angels to do what He wants them to do. He created angels to, that would carry the throne, the four cherubs that sit around the throne of God that would pick up His throne and move it like a chariot and carry him down to the earth, which you can see in the book of Ezekiel, the very first chapter of Ezekiel, where God's throne was carried down and brought down in the whirlwind and set down in front of, in front of Ezekiel, and Ezekiel spoke to Jesus standing on the throne. It says the man that stood up had a face of bronze, and it was the Son of Man or the Son of God that stood on the on the throne on the chariot, looking down and began to talk to Ezekiel. You see, he he. Four men, so he could come down and talk to him and speak with him. But see, the angels, he gave them a purpose to do what God told, had formed them and made them to do. So the four cherubs that carries his throne, that carries his throne to the earth, or whatever carries them into battle, and all different things you can find throughout the Word of God. And he also has angels that just praise him and worship him all time, all the time, twenty four seven in the heavens. That's all they do in the, in the throne of the room of God is just sing praises to him and praise him and that's all they do that's what they were made and designed to do so if you think about that and yet he gave man the ability to choose and to decide for himself what he wanted to do so that way he could come down and communicate with somebody and talk to somebody that had the ability to decide whether or not they wanted to to do this or do that so giving us our, our ability to be able to choose our own destiny our own future or whatever however you want to say it you see God designed man that way but thinking about that and and says what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him that you come down and visit with me he said "Who, who, who who are we that you would come down and visit us that you would come down and give us the time of day so considering that and thinking about that and thinking about who am I that God is mindful of me Look over to Hebrews chapter two. The author of of the book of Hebrews, the one that wrote the book of Hebrews, brought out this passage of scripture in the that was in the Psalms that I just read to you here in chapter Hebrews chapter two, and beginning at verse five, it says, "For unto the angels he hath not put in subjection the world to come, whereof we speak." In other words, the angels he hasn't put them into. He hasn't put them into subjection unto the world to come, meaning the world, the new heavens and the new earth that's to come. But man is going to be given a new earth after all this. After all this world here passes away at the very end of all things, and after the great, great white throne of judgment, and all the sin and all of the sinners and the people that, that that didn't want to live for God and chose to, you know, chose not to live for Him. Once, every, once, all of them's cast into the lake of fire, and all that, and everything is all said and done, the, this heaven and earth's all going to pass away with a fervent heat. The Bible says that it says that it's going to pass away with a fervent heat, and it says, "Behold, a new heaven and a new earth. God's going to create a new heaven and a new earth, and He's going to let man have dominion over the new earth, and that's where we're going to we're going to live and dwell, and God's going to com- come and commune with us just like He did in the old in the Book of Genesis." in the garden with Adam. And you can find all that in the Scripture. I wouldn't be telling you all that if it wasn't in here. But it says here, For unto the angels he hath not put in subjection the world to come, whereof we speak, but one in a certain place testified, saying, this is speaking of what I read to you in the book of Psalms. It says, But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? So he was saying what David said in the book of Psalms, Thou madest him low, a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor. And didst set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things under him, put under him. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that He, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. You see, thinking that, what I said a little bit ago, who is man that God is mindful of Him? But think that He loved us so much, and cared for us so much, and wanted to be able to redeem us back to Him, that He came to this earth, manifested in the flesh, and walked down Calvary's road and hung on a cross for you and I so that we could be redeemed back to Him. He loves us that much. You want to know how much How much? God is mindful of you? Think about that for a moment. He is so much mindful of you that 2,000 years ago, He had you on His mind when He hung on that cross. When He came to this earth, He came to this earth to die for us. That's what His whole purpose was when He came here was to die for us to die for our sins the lamb that was sacrificed before the foundation of the world he already had it laid out and planned because he knew what man was going to do he knew that man was going to sin and was going to fall away and that it was going to do what he did so he already had a salvation plan laid out for us that's how much he cares about us that's how much he loves us but thinking why, why does God love us that much to where he would go and do that for us that's the question why would he do that why does He love us that much? Who is man that He is mindful of us that He would be willing to do that for us? We are His creation. We, he created us. He created us to have fellowship with us, to be our friend, for us to be His friends, so that we can talk to Him and He can come down and dwell with us. And yet, a lot of times, we don't even give Him the time of day. We don't even think about it. When we look up and see everything that He's done, all that He's created, and everything that He's done, all this for us, he created this this world for us. And yet we don't even give him the time of day. Don't even look around and say, God, your your creation is just awesome, it's wonderful. I love seeing what you you know, the things that you have made. You know, and if we think about that sometime and we could take and give him the time of day and begin to, to tell him how awesome things you know, his creation is and, and all that and, and consider that sometimes what kind of difference that would make for our day, and when, how God would how would God react if we told Him that? If we took the time to say that to Him, you know, we don't think about that, we don't consider that. But who are we that He is mindful of us? We are His creation. We are His. We, he created us for fellowship. We are His creation that He designed and formed and made us for that purpose to be friends with Him and to be to have fellowship with Him. Think about that having fellowship with Him. And think about, remember, in the New Testament, before Jesus went to the cross, he had his twelve disciples, and they were all sitting at a table. And he was sitting there, and he began to break the bread, and he broke the bread, but he didn't partake of it. The Bible says that he's not going to partake of this until he partakes of it with us in heaven. He gave them a piece of bread, and he said, "This is my body. Take this, and you know, because." Taking his body, he that he his body was broken for us, and he died for us. But he was—that's what he was telling them. Take this sacrifice that I'm doing for you. Take it to you. This is this is communion. It's a communion that he done for for us with them at that time. But what I'm getting at is, he said, "I'm not going to partake of this until I do it anew in heaven with you." You see, because he's gone, he went to prepare a place for us. So that whenever He comes back and takes us and receives us unto Himself, He's going to take us there, and then we're going to have what's called the great what, the the marriage supper of the Lamb, which is whenever the church is taken into heaven, the church is taken taken up. The first Thessalonians chapter 4, 16 through eighteen, when the church is called home, He steps out on a cloud and calls us home, and we're going to go into heaven. We're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We're going to receive our rewards. And then after that, we're going to partake in what's called the Marriage Supper of the Lamb, which is a great feast that is going to be laid out for us to to eat. And we're going to have wonderful fellowship and, and a magnificent supper with the Lord in heaven. That's what he was telling them. I'm not going to partake of this until I do it anew in heaven with you. And that's what he was saying there at that time. But... He wants us to be with him. He wants us he's redeemed us back to him because he loves us. And in considering that, who are we? What who are we that God is mindful of us? Come on, we're his creation, we're his church, we're his bride, we're the, the ones that he wants to have fellowship with for all eternity and to be with for all eternity. We're gonna rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years on the earth and then we're going to rule and reign with him in the new kingdom and the, throughout all eternity never ending <clears throat> so you want to know the value you want to know your value what God values at values you at think about this in Matthew chapter 10 verse 31 Matthew chapter 10 verse 31 it says, Who am I that God is mindful of me? It says, Ye are of more value than many sparrows. More value than many sparrows. What does that mean? The sparrows were used when somebody couldn't afford a lamb to sacrifice for a sin offering and to sacrifice for a burn offering to God. Because there was people back in that day that couldn't afford to go buy a lamb. To sacrifice to the Lord, so they could buy sparrows and sacrifice the sparrows. You could get two sparrows at that time. If you read here in, the, in Matthew, a couple of verses ahead of that, it says two sparrows. Says four sparrows. No, five sparrows for two pennies. Meaning the normal price of, of two sparrows was one penny, but you could buy five sparrows for four, for two pennies. Meaning you would get a fifth one for free if you bought four sparrows. But the sparrows were used for a sacrifice, the a sin offering, and also used for a burn offering in place of the lamb. But Jesus said here that we are of more value than many sparrows. Not saying that the sacrifice part or the burnt offering or the sin offering. Okay, not considering he wasn't considering the offerings. But He was saying the sparrows that were used for the offering, okay? because Jesus knew that He was fixing to to do the ultimate sacrifice. He was fixing to hang on the cross and be the, the ultimate sacrifice that took care of all sacrifices from that day forward. But He told them, You are of more value than many sparrows, meaning however many sparrows that it would take to offer for your whole life. To cover the sins of your entire life. You are of more value than many sparrows. You. Not the sparrow. Not the sacrifice. But you are of more value than any sacrifice that could be made for you. And that value was His blood that He shed for each and every one of us. He died and hung on that cross to cover all of that. Because we are of more value to Him than many sparrows. So thinking about that. Many sacrifices. We are of more value. God loves us that much to where He come down and He paid the ultimate price, the ultimate redemption price for us. He paid the whole price. And in considering that, when He hung on that cross and He said, It is finished. And He gave up the ghost. He went from there down into the the grave, down into the pit, Took the keys of death, hell, and the grave away from the devil. In other words, he was saying, I'm the one in charge of all this now. You see, because when men would die before Jesus died on the cross, they would go down into the earth. The ones that didn't have the blood covering them, they were put into, they were, they basically went to hell. But the ones that had the sin, that had the coverings that were the chosen of God and they obeyed God, they were obedient to God, they were put into a place called Paradise, which was in the ground. It was in the grave. Everybody went to the grave at that time. But after Jesus died on the cross, no more did the redeemed go into the grave. Instead, they went directly to heaven from that day forth. So when Jesus went to the, when he died on the cross, he went to the grave. He went into the grave. He took the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and he freed all the people that were in Paradise. Paradise was a place that was across a great chasm away, from, away from, from hell, to where you could look across and see it, but it was separated by a great chasm. Those people that were in paradise, they were in a place where they were protected, where they wasn't suffering like the ones in hell were. They were set free. They were seen walking around. If you look over in the, in the, the book of Matthew, you'll find that they were seen walking around after Jesus died on the cross. They were seen by many people walking around. The prophets of old were seen walking through Jerusalem. And because they were freed from the grave. And then when Jesus went up into heaven and He sprinkled His blood on the mercy seat, that permitted all those people to enter into heaven from that day forward. So now, when the redeemed die, they enter into heaven. But God paid that price because He loved us that much. That's how much we're worth more than many sparrows to the Lord. So think about that. and And I'm sure there's more scriptures... About that, about our value that God has on us, but He loves us that much, and we we are very valuable in the sight of the Lord. So think about that when you when you get to thinking, when you start begin to uh, get a state of depression or whatever, and begin to wonder, you know, why does why you know why does God allow me to keep going on, you know, and because He loves you and He wants you. To come back to Him. If you walked away from the Lord because you don't think that, that you have any value in the Lord or whatever the case may be, whatever the reason may be that you walked away from Him, maybe you think that God doesn't love you. Maybe you think that, that you can't do anything for God. Maybe you think that, that you have no value in the church. Whatever the case may be. Or you just think that things are better living away from God. God loved you enough that He died for you think about that how much he how much it would take that he would die that he would give his life for you because he loves you that much you are of great value in the eyes of the lord he's got a work for you to do he's got things for you to do every one of us have a job to do have a have something to do for god don't ever think that there's no value in in the eyes of the lord don't ever think that you're that you're worthless in the eyes of god because each and every one of us have a value in god's sight David said that. He said, Who am I that you would have that that, who am I that you consider that which you would consider me? Who am I that you would consider me to be king? But you see he knew what David had in him. David was a king. David was able to fulfill that and he did a great job at it once he got into that position because God knew what David he knew the integrity of David. God knows our integrity, he knows what we're capable of. And he, we have a great value in his eyes, great value in the sight of the Lord. So don't ever degrade yourself or think you're not think you're not worth anything to God, because you are. Each and every one of us are worth more than many sparrows in the eyes of the Lord. So he loves you, and he wants you to live for him. So consider that today. That's the the value that God has. He has enough that he died for you two thousand years ago he shed his blood on a cross for you so hope this helps you tonight I know it's kind of short and it's kind of late but um, I just want to share that with you tonight um so I gotta see what direction God wants me to go with the next one um next week and um it also got um should have a couple surprises coming up for you here pretty soon I know I said that uh, last week but um It'll be coming here pretty soon, so um, just keep an eye out for it. But I hope this helps you tonight. If it it did and you enjoyed it, please share it. Help me get the word out. I'll see you guys next week. Love you. God bless.